Alrighty, here we go. Episode number one, numero uno. So this is the I Will Be Heard podcast. I am Mark Hermosillo. Thank you for listening. Obviously, you got here, either seen me share it, I've shared it, somehow the content got out there, did its purpose, um, somebody referred you here, or something like that of that nature. Either way, thank you for tuning in, thank you for listening. Um, what is this podcast about? Probably wondering that. Well, really, this podcast, pretty simply put, it's about me. You know, I don't want to sound conceited by any means, um, but it's really a personal journal, if you will. It's a way for me to reflect back on my life, reflect back on what I've done and accomplished, and maybe not have accomplished, where I've missed steps and where I could have, you know, struck when the iron was hot and I didn't, for whatever reason. And not reflect just for myself, but obviously for my family and my kids. We're never promised tomorrow. My kid, I've got four kids and hopefully one day grandkids that I'll be able to see and great grandkids and hopefully, you know, with human technology and things like that, no doubt I couldn't live to two, three hundred, right? That's hopeful thinking. Anyways, uh, could you imagine though, two years from now, something happens to me tragically. My kids would have something to come back and listen to and reflect on um, versus just pictures. I, I work a lot, things like that, obviously. I'm not always there, um, but I'm there. So I want to make sure they know who I am and what I am. And uh, over time, as those thoughts and those memories kind of subsides away and they kind of forget about it, well, they can always reflect back on this and see what my thoughts and my actions were when I was doing those. With that, though, the nice thing about that is the reflection purpose for myself. I can go back and look at it, not only to see where I, I did great things or did bad things, but imagine looking at a picture. It always brings back those memories of exactly where you were at that moment, but you don't think about them all the time. You forget about them, and you start to remember those feelings that you were feeling when you took those pictures or where you were at at that time on that vacation or with that family member that's no longer there, something like that. But if you could reflect back then actually have audio, oh my God, it's so amazing. Just to think back, that's exactly what I was thinking. How great is that? Wow, how idiotic was I thinking at that point in my life? That's, you know, it's just, it's, it's a great reflection tool and I'm so excited to see, come back to these years later and find out exactly how things have changed, you know? They always say, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, you can make all the planning you want, but when you tell God your plan, he laughs at you or something of that nature, it's just, uh, we all, I've got these big hopes and dreams and goals and aspirations and everything else, but we'll see what God has planned for us instead um, and go from there. All right, so I already know what you're thinking. Wow, this guy already changed my life just by the last three minutes, right? No. So who am I? Um, why are you going to listen to this? You know, I don't know. You can pop off right now if you want to. That doesn't, um, doesn't necessarily matter. I won't know if you did or not. I don't even know if you've seen it. Um, hopefully you tune in and hopefully you get some something out of it who knows maybe one little nugget i don't know but who's mark who am i i guess that's kind of a loaded question really when you think about it you know you always hear people ask you know who who are you what are you oh i'm a father you know i do this for a living or i do that but i mean really what is that what makes you turn what makes you get up out of bed in the morning um what makes you not worry about an alarm clock because you know you have to get up and you have to fight today that's really what I want to know, and that's hopefully I can convey that and show that and explain that. Um, and really, I guess, I think every day is a, a learning experience, even when it comes to that. So who knows? Maybe um, maybe somebody hears this and they say, hey, I, I think you're full of crap. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you're full of BS. It's, uh, maybe this sounds like you. And who, maybe, you know, maybe I haven't even uncovered some of those things that really make me move and make me, tri uh, you know, I guess, um, I don't know, I guess makes me move every day. What, what are those? But I would have to say, obviously, I am a father. But in that, what does that mean? You know, I've 
I've got four kids, four beautiful, amazing kids. I'm a, a husband, so and you know I've got a beautiful wife. You know I'm I'm extremely happy with where my life has come to. But I guess if we have to, we got to rewind back and where have I come and kind of why does that make me who I am? You know I was born in California, uh, Palm Springs. I don't really remember much about it. I don't know much about my father either. Um, not that he passed away. I mean, who knows what the hell ever happened to him necessarily. But he was out of my life by the time I was four or five. And as far as I really remember from what I've been told as well is he was abusive to my mother. So obviously that's not the kind of guy that I want to be in my life, nor was that somebody that I want hindsight really, you know, teaching me anything. But, you know, my mom, she's been, uh, she's a, a rock and soul for me growing up I mean it was she's she's been my savior obviously but she's uh she's been there through the thick and thin and we've been together through a lot of things so I absolutely love her and adore her for who she is and I, I truly believe that's where my work ethic came from was from her she would work three jobs at a time I mean we didn't really have much growing up but I had everything I ever needed I can't ever really look back and complain I knew other people had more than we did and they were I guess I don't know better off maybe I always thought they were better off because they had a mother and a father, you know, that were at home and things like that. But hindsight, I don't, I got enough for my mother. And I wasn't, I don't know if it was maybe, if she subliminally taught me or if it was just something I picked up on. But I learned things from everybody. And I think that's what makes me who I am today. It makes me so amazing at certain things. And, and I don't, you know, I don't, I normally don't say that about myself, but I, I am confident in certain things in my life. And I, I pick those up from other people. And I'm not worried about that. I think that's what made me who I am, obviously. But back to that, we moved around a lot growing up. I, like I said, I was born in Palm Springs, California. For whatever reason, we moved to Des Moines, Iowa. And that's where I'm at now. Uh, and I love it here. It's, this is my home. But growing up, we moved a lot. I mean, we moved a lot. I, uh, I remember we lived in Beaumont, Texas for a little bit. I really don't remember much about Texas, but we came back to Iowa. I remember moving to Portland, Oregon for a short time, and we moved back to Iowa. We moved up to Walla Walla, Washington, and we moved back to Iowa. We moved down to Atlanta, Georgia for a little time, and we moved back to Iowa. It wasn't until probably, I don't know, maybe the third grade that we kind of stopped moving around. And I, That's more, we stopped moving around states. So, so think about that. I, I moved to all those states when I was younger. Not that it was exciting, things like that. It was pretty cool, I guess, to be able to say it. But again, we weren't, we didn't have much, but my mom was able to figure a way out and she always did that and I love her for that. Um, and I think that, that that makes me not so scared sometimes because she would literally, we would sell all of our stuff in our house and we would move. We'd have our car. Sometimes we wouldn't even have a car. When we moved to Oregon, we didn't have a car. We took the bus. My mom had a job lined up. We took the bus and then we had a kind of a lineup on a car that we can get a car for a thousand dollars so i've got to work for three weeks this blah blah like i mean she just figured it out and that's what i love and i and I, I feel like that that i learned that from her so much growing up but i was always been home iowa is where we're at it's where my kids were born and it's where the majority of my memories are at it's where i've had a lot of bad times here but oh my god the good times the, the good times the great times so much overpower the bad any bad that's ever occurred you know it's where I met my wife it's where me and my wife got married it's where we've shared all of our memories together and I absolutely love it so it's where I'll be I'll, I'll be laid to rest here in Iowa as well 
doesn't mean I don't want to go other places. So I still want to travel the world. I still feel that I'm, I'm young enough to do that. I'm 32 years old and I want to see things. I want to, I want to experience things. Doesn't mean I don't want to have another house somewhere else, but that's my second home. You know, I'll always come back to Iowa. And I just think that's, uh, that's embedded in me no matter what, just because I don't feel like I ever had a home so much. This is my home now. So like I said, around third grade, roughly, I think it was, we, we were, we kind of, we stuck it out here in Iowa. I think it was just uh, nothing else really came up when we moved, but I still moved a lot growing up within the, the city. I don't know why necessarily. And I, I, I always like to keep moving and I feel like that's part of the reason why. Not that I'm a psychologist by any means, I just kind of trigger that to that purpose, I guess. But we would probably move at the end of every lease. I mean, every 12 months. My, we didn't own a home, we always just rented and uh, it seemed like every 12 months I was moving. So yeah, it, and uh, the thing was also my mom, I don't know why, right or wrong, um, maybe naive, we, we didn't open and roll so much. It wasn't about finishing off the school year here so much. So. I don't know how many elementary schools I was in. I know I was in three middle schools, just in seventh grade. Um, high school, I went to three or three high schools, I think, as well. So um, we just kind of moved around. It, it that was there was pluses and bad uh, minuses, obviously, in that whole thing. You know, positives and negatives. Uh, the positives, eventually, I've been able to talk to a lot of people. I can I can make a connection quick. I believe. Um, but the negative about it, I think it made me more of an introvert. I've been more introverted ever since. I've always been very shy. My mom never has been. She will tell you, uh, it doesn't matter what it is or who it embarrasses or anything like that. She'll tell you. She'll talk to you about it. So, yeah. But I, I, it's definitely made me, I was always uh, drawn in because I was scared to talk to new people. But if I had to talk to somebody, I can talk to them. I, wasn't, I just had to overcome that first obstacle. So that made me, I think I've always been an introvert. But because of moving schools, I had to break out of that shell. I had to overcome that fear because I, it's better than being alone. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's up to that purpose. But I, So, yeah, I'm a father. I've got four kids. Like I said, I didn't have a father. So be, my kids being, a, being the best father I possibly can means the world to me. I think that's why I was placed on this earth. Maybe not to do great things by any means, but to distill great intentions and great morals and principles and I know my kids are going to do amazing and great things um, with it. Maybe I don't give enough credit to myself but I just think the world of them and I think that they're going to do more than I could ever even possibly imagine to do with my life and I'm so excited about that and for them. So who am I professionally? What, why do I have the right to tell you to do anything or why should you take any of my advice? And the answer to that is, well, I'm nobody. You should, or you should. That's completely up to you, I guess. Um, in my own mind, I don't think that I am really anybody special. I don't think anything that I do or have done or will do isn't something anybody else can't do or can learn um, and be successful and be professional at. I think some people are just, uh, they don't have much up there, and if they're not, they don't, and they're probably not listening to this anyways or listening to anybody else that they should be listening to. But I guess that's probably my big, one of my biggest downfalls is, um, you know, I'm never satisfied with who I am or what I've done. I'm never satisfied with the status quo. I'm always looking to do better. I'm always looking to one-up myself. Um, it's just always a constant competition. So, you know, I've, um, I guess, where did I start my career at? I guess my first job that I really remember um, that was a legitimate job 
was when I was 12 years old, I started selling candy door to door. Um, it was a company that, as weird as it sounds, I mean, <laughs> it was here in Des Moines, a place called Student Aid. Uh, really, it was just, it was a business uh, ran by a couple. I don't remember how old they were. To me, they seemed older, but again, I was 12. And what they would do is, was a bunch of kids selling candy out of a van. And I mean, I guess it sounds like the the worst thing you could think of. You know, candy in a van sounds like uh, probably somebody you shouldn't deal with. Anyways, my mom probably shouldn't have let me go with these people. I wouldn't let my kids go with these people sell candy door to door around the state. Um, <laughs> so I do it on the weekends typically and sometimes on the weekdays, but mostly just the weekends. So, you know, obviously painting pictures 20 years ago, we would get up early. You know, because we'd have to travel and we want to be at these towns, whether it be, you know, 90 minutes away sometimes. And we want to get there by 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. So we would get up early and we'd go there and be a group of kids and we'd all have our own our inventory of all of our products. And we would get dropped off at a street and we'd have a map and all this stuff. And no cell phones, obviously, at that time. And um, it's just kind of odd as it may sound. I mean, it just, it was a little awkward uh, now that I think about it. <laughs> but... Yeah, we would go door to door and we'd sell candy. You know, we had a script and everything else and we learned it. And um, hindsight, it was probably one of the greatest experiences I've ever had, you know, for so many different ways. I, I learned, um, obviously, I was responsible enough to hold on to cash. I mean, we would hold $100, $200 and things like that at times and more than that, probably. Obviously, a lot more than that, probably. Um, but math, I mean, there was just so much that you learned about the, the real world and what you're doing and experiencing and, and doing. But the one thing about it, as I said, I, growing up, I didn't have much growing up, we didn't, but we had everything we needed. Um, but I was never that name brand kid. I never had Nikes. I never had, I just never had that stuff. And, and to me, it wasn't an issue because I didn't have it. And most of my cousins didn't have it. We just, we all grew up together, you know, and uh, if you're not, you don't know you're poor unless you're, you know, you don't know until you know, you know, just with anything. And not that we were necessarily poor, we just, we didn't have those things, but they didn't matter to us because we didn't know. So, um, obviously at school you start realizing that, especially right around 12 and middle school you start wanting to have that stuff. But I remember my first name brand, pair of name brand shoes were Reeboks. Um, and they were, they were given to us by somebody at school. It was kind of a, I was embarrassed by it. And that was, I remember that in elementary school. I still remember that. They were like two sizes too big, but I absolutely freaking loved them because I never had a, a nice pair of shoes like that, you know, with a name brand on it. They were always Dollar General or, you know, Walmarts weren't really big back then, so we, wherever it was, we'd, we'd buy cheap stuff. Um, but it worked, and I didn't know any better necessarily. Anyways, working at Student Aid at 12, that's when I first started buying stuff that I wanted to have, that I got to have. You know, obviously, I didn't pay bills. Um, I had the opportunity to go out and buy things, and I was pretty good at what I did. I was, uh, I, that was the first time I, I seen really success for myself. Obviously, it was young, but I would, uh, sometimes I was the top salesman of the day, you know what I mean, or the crew, and we could wait, rake in 100, 150 bucks in a day. Um, I remember one week and I did it two days in a row as a top salesman and I think I made it roughly 150 a day. So $300 in two days worth of work. Not bad by anyone's standards, I guess, especially at 12 years old. So I, was, uh, I remember that I bought my first pair of lugs. That was my first brand, pair of brand new shoes. I remember uh, and they were like 75 bucks and it was shitload of money for me a crap load of money for me at that time so it was uh it was just funny and I'll, I'll never forget about it I didn't want to get them scuffed up or nothing else then but it didn't make me feel any better necessarily I liked them but it was uh it was funny because hindsight now it, I didn't care about them whatsoever it didn't really I mean at first I did I, I mean I, I like to have nice stuff don't get me wrong 
but when it comes to being materialistic, I think the way that we grew up made me appreciate or not care so much about certain things. I don't, I don't care about getting something dirty, I guess, because I don't, it's, it's just a piece of, it's just a shoe. You know, those are just new jeans. Those are, it's just that. Um, it's, it's the memories and the life that you have, you know what I mean? Versus my kids getting dirty. Sometimes I'd rather them get dirty and have a memory versus have to worry about how we're going to do it. My wife would probably say the opposite because she's the one that's going to have to get the stains out of the shirt and I would just throw it away. <laughs> but uh, that's, uh, that's why she's my better half, I'm sure. So yeah, that was my first work experience um, and my first sales experience. Um, growing up, I've had a lot of jobs, I'll be honest. You know, I bounced around and I, not that I, I, I just always wanted something better. And sometimes I would take a lateral move. Sometimes I'd go backwards thinking it would be a better advancement. Um, but it just it just wasn't for me. I just couldn't find exactly the right fit um, until I got into car sales. I, I love car sales and for what it was and for what it's worth. And so I've been doing car sales for about seven years now. Um, I'm now the general manager. I run a location that's an, obviously a dealership. We don't do any service work or anything else. Um, but we do very well, I think, for what we do and for our size and what we're looking for. And I'm extremely excited. I have the opportunity of, uh, of ownership within this opportunity. So I'm extremely excited, obviously, to have that opportunity. I think um, ownership is really what everybody should be looking for, whether that's, um, you know, in a career or a job or side hustle, whatever it might be. But so, yeah, so I'm excited. I love cars, like I said, and I love just the opportunity that, that this is going to bring for me, um, especially the ownership side. However, on the side, I mean, I think you should always have some sort of side hustle, some sort of second income. Uh, you know, obviously, you need to. And third and fourth and fifth is my goal. Um, really, my goal is to have six different streams of income coming in. But let's work on the one, or which, and the second one first, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> but on the side, so my side hustle, I guess, if it, if you would call it a hustle, if anything, but really, it's just uh, financial education. I think people need to know more about education finances. I I love numbers. I love math. I love those things and just uh, how it accumulates and everything else and accumulate wealth and how people have accumulated wealth, how they became successful. And I think that's what drives me. You know, it's it's what I, I watch a lot of different people's content that's out there, whether it's Tyler Harris, Sean Whalen, uh, Andy Frisella, um, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, um, just all those people. And, and there's so many of them out there. And it's, it's not so much for motivation. They definitely motivate me. Um, but I'm already, I'm inspired to learn how they did it. I'm inspired what makes them click to make them all successful in what they do. And I, I think they're all very different, but they all have similarities and connections that tie them together. If you put them in the room, I guarantee they would all connect in, in different ways and, and not because of finances. So, so the, that drives me to learn more and be that way. But I want to help educate people from them, but from the things that I learned, um, you know, some of like Dave Ramsey, just help that financial education. There's a, there's a whole nation of people out there, um, and the majority of them don't know much about finances. They don't know the right ways to do things and help some of these kids nowadays. They don't even know how to balance a checkbook, I'm sure. They don't even really know how to write a check, I'm sure. But either way, they need to have the checks and balances and things like that. So, so that's what I'm passionate about. Um, but I don't do it to pay the bills by any means. Sometimes, uh, when, whatever I'm doing, sometimes that may brings in a few extra dollars, and, and that's nice. It's like a bonus. Um, but I think sometimes people get that screwed up. They want to, what what is my purpose? You know, what are my passion about? That's what I want to do my career at. Well, I'm passionate about a lot of things. I'm passionate about being a, a father, but it's not going to make me be a stay-at-home father. 
because that's not it doesn't let me provide for my family and don't get me wrong if you're a stay-at-home father or mother i don't i don't say hey it's not it's not a job you know i mean it's it's a job in itself my wife's a stay-at-home mother and i don't i wouldn't want to do the things that she does i don't want to um and i I say she's a stay-at-home mother she still works but she does most of the home stuff at home um my wife was a stay-at-home mom for many years and you know she's now back in the workforce and it, it, it is a job that I don't want to have it's a career in itself um, but you're able to educate and mold your children the way you want to your homes the way you want to um, and realistically my wife I mean she does so much even now that she's working I don't understand how she works and does the majority of the stuff at home still by herself but most people will want to do what they're passionate about they go I'm, I'm passionate about this I'm passionate about providing for my family but I also have other passions that I want to be out there. What's my purpose in life? Yes, my purpose may be able to educate people on finances and things of that nature. However, I can't teach more people if I don't have any money. If I'm not able to live myself, how can I be a steward of not, not a steward of my own money or not be able to provide for my family, but try to teach somebody education on finances? So that's where it gets screwy. I mean, I think uh, you need to have a foundation of anything that you're doing, and that's where I love my career as a car salesman, as a general manager. So that's kind of in a nutshell what we're going to be like. I don't know if you notice or not, but we're kind of all over the damn place here. Uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and that's probably what you can expect. You know, I don't, uh, I'm not that A personality, I guess, where I follow uh, a set guideline and things like that. I'll have ideas and topics that I'll probably want to cover on each episode that I do. But you can be sure that it's going to go off topic and it's going to find another avenue and somewhere else and go through that and do some other things. And at the end, you'll have no idea what the hell you just listened to, but hopefully you got something out of it. So, again, this is the I Will Be Heard podcast. Mark Hermosillo. It's January 31st, 2019. Have an amazing day and God bless.